Gerard Way was working as an intern at Cartoon Network on the morning of the September 11th attacks. It was then that he decided to ditch his pursuit of writing comic books. Way said they needed to make a difference, and that was not going to come within the panels of cartoons. Way turned his attention to music, and by the summer of 2002, My Chemical Romance's first record, I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love, had been released to a cult following in the hardcore punk scene. Two years later, their follow-up, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, launched the band into rock and roll superstardom. It's easy to forget that a band that has been relegated to face status and a relic of past life started off as a musical force built to bring mass quantities together as the media landscape began to fragment in endless directions. My Chemical Romance is the flag bearer of third wave emo. They completed the holy trinity of musicianship, working hard in clubs to hone their act before making it big, only to break up and then cash in on a giant reunion tour. They are no longer the punchline to emo phases of the past. Their legacy has outlived whatever witty blog headlines originally took them down. The explosion of 2006's The Black Parade is a masterpiece that has stood the test of time. It's emo's greatest opera, and above all that, The Black Parade is an art school album. Welcome back to another episode of the Art School Albums podcast. Today is a very special day, but before we get to our special episode, just some housekeeping at the top of the show. If this is your first episode, this is the podcast where every week we attempt to curate the Ultimate Art School playlist by breaking down an album track by track, and you can follow the podcast at Art School Albums on Instagram. Today is a special episode because... We are joining an army, in a sense. There is is no band with such a loyal fan base other than maybe K-pop bands, which I promise you that episode is coming. Uh, but we are talking about My Chemical Romance, and we are talking about their 2006 masterpiece, The Black Parade. And for an episode of this magnitude, I knew I had to pull out the big guns. This was a band that I had wanted to talk about on the podcast because for whatever reason, My Chemical Romance brings up certain emotions, stirs up certain feelings among people in this age demographic of the current college-age student, and uh, this was a gift presented to me when My Chemical Romance announced that they were headlining Riot Fest this upcoming fall, when my guest today tweeted out the following, who's biting the bullet and going to see My Chemical Romance with me? I can and will do sexual favors if needed. And the beautiful part about that tweet is they also censored My Chemical Romance as if that was the offensive part of the tweet. My guest today is Aaron Burnett. Aaron, how the hell are you doing? I am so good, Case. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, just to clarify, I did get my tickets to Riot Fest, and I will be seeing My Chemical Romance this September. I'm not going to ask how you got them. Not my business. <laughs> I'm just glad you're going to be there because I feel like you've earned it i feel like i don't know how i don't know why mm-hmm. i just feel like this is a good opportunity for you yeah i could not agree with you more good i'm Truly. glad i'm glad we're both feeling good about you yeah so i don't want to waste any time i want to get right into how and where you first heard of my chemical romance yeah um i spent a lot of time on youtube when i was younger um when i was i want to say uh, 12, 13, 14 and range. What kind of videos were we watching on YouTube? I, I was watching a lot of, you know, those videos where uh, they're like the music videos where you just put someone else's music on top of your video and it's like, it's just a music video. But, but of your life? Yeah, exactly. So I was watching one that was 
uh, someone, a, someone who's doing gymnastics, and it was just a compilation of their tricks. Um, <laughs> that sounds really good. Yeah, I loved, and I loved watching those. <laughs> and um, so, just a compilation of their tricks uh, to Follow Boy, <laughs> a Follow Boy song, Dance Dance, the best Follow Boy song. I have to agree. Um, and at the time, the same at the same time, I had gotten my very first iPod. And I wasn't really into music like that at the time. Um, so I was trying to look for music to put on it. And I really liked Dance Dance. So I decided to look up Fall Out Boy. And I was watching a bunch of their music videos. And then, lo and behold, in the recommended was Helena by My Chemical Romance. And yes. I decided to click on it because I was like, you know what? I'm feeling fun. I'm feeling quirky. I'm feeling like trying something new. Of course. Right. Of course. So I clicked on the music video and it was the most marvelous thing I had ever seen. I, it was just something, it was some, it was something I had never seen before um, because I was homeschooled. Yes. Uh, and I was very Catholic. So I, and I also did gymnastics. So all of those things combined. A lot of factors <laughs> that could lead to a tough childhood. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, one of them is typically tough for people. All three. Yeah. Right. A real recipe for disaster. <laughs> right, exactly. So I But think, you turned out all right. Yeah, luckily. Well, that's... Jury's still out. Yeah, jury's still out. We'll see. Life is young. <laughs> the life is young. Um, <laughs> uh yeah, so I had, I think I was looking for, like, subconsciously looking for something that was kind of against society and against conformity and stuff. And, you know, for something alternative. Right, exactly. Um, so I, when I saw that music video, I was like, oh, I really like them. Let me, you know, look more into their. Uh, music and stuff. And I just ended up falling in love with them. And, it, um, yeah, it just really, it was a very pivotal point in my life because it was, like I said, it's, it's not unlike something I had ever seen before. And uh, the thing with My Chemical Romance is that they don't just make music, they make art with the music. And that's something that I really appreciated and something that I, that was just very really unique to me. What do you mean by art with the music? Um, like in, I, I feel like this happened a lot with bands 2005 ish, you know, like all the guys wore makeup and they had costumes and they had, and you There's know, a lot, of, music. a lot of pageantry going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you will. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was just so cool to see, sorry, let me, I just lost my, no, you're thought. good. It was, it was great to see, bands with mainstream appeal also mm. being vulnerable and doing something a little different. And right. I think uh, your story's beautiful. I quite honestly wish I could relate to it, but, <laughs> and this is shocking given that I consider myself to be uh, very passionate and very knowledgeable about emo music, but I had not heard a My Chemical Romance song until about three months ago. That is so wild. When I heard, I heard Welcome to the Black Parade on the radio and I'm looking around with the in the in the room of people. I'm like, guys, this is pretty good. Well, why did nobody tell me? And I don't know why I missed them because if we talk about bands in what is considered to be third wave emo, 
which means mm-hmm. nothing to you, but I can assure you I've spent a lot of time in my life of course. deciding that this is third wave emo. Absolutely, yeah. But the My Chemical Romances of the World and uh, the All-American Rejects and Fallout Boy, mm. and we were talking off mic just a minute ago about Mayday Parade. Yeah. There would be another one in that scene. <laughs> All bands that I was, at the very least, familiar with, I was really into the All-American Rejects and Fall Out Boy, and, and I'm quite honestly still very into the All-American Rejects, and Mayday Parade was a band that a uh, girl in eighth grade that I really liked showed me once, <laughs> and I immediately decided, not for me, not, no, no good. Um, a that, band yes, that describes ahead. Mayday Parade perfectly, <laughs> like a girl that you liked in eighth grade yes. liked them. That's so accurate. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'd like to go back and listen to them now to see because my tastes have shifted a little bit. Because in eighth grade, I was almost exclusively listening to like '90s alternative and grunge, so mm-hmm. Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, and then. Uh, 90s gangster rap, so a lot of Notorious B.I.G. I was, you know, always a little more East Coast than West Coast. I don't know if you have any stance on that. I can't say that I do. That's a shame. Um, But Mayday Parade, (laughs) another one of those uh, bands that were, at least in what they were going for, much like My Chemical Romance, much like Fall Out Boy, fearless in their pursuit of authenticity, and it just so happened that it was coming at a time where the music industry was investing a lot of money in these bands because we're looking at a a post-Blink-182 era. So this Mm -hmm. pop-punk, emo, uh, guys can be a little more emotional in the way they present themselves. It was all very in, and Panic! at the Disco was another band Mm -hmm. just like that. And I get the sense talking to a lot of people that My Chemical Romance was their entry point into self-expression or into looking at artistry and and maybe a way that they had not expected. Is that something that kind of relates to you? Uh, well, as I mentioned, I was a gymnast, and in gymnastics, you're it, it's all about routine. It's all about you know uniform uniformity. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's no uniformity. A word. Yeah, no uniformity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like everyone does the same tricks. Everyone looks the same. Everyone has the same outfits on. Everyone does the same thing. So you kind of lose your individuality and, you know, being in that situation, especially as a queer person, I feel it like individuality is so important and discovering that is uh, very crucial for your identity and so coming from this very like uh like i said uniform very everyone is the same you can't have any kind of opinions of your own you can't be your own person finding my chemical romance kind of helped me flow into the person that I wanted to be and kind of help me discover like what I don't like and what I like just in life in general. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. And I, I get yeah. that impression that again, that MCR for whatever rhyme or reason, whether it be the look and the makeup and again, the pageantry of it all, because this is a band that has a certain aesthetic to them that they've really cultivated it to be their own, whatever it is. I've heard that story before because although I was not familiar with any of their music, I was very familiar with the idea of the band because there are so many people that talk about My Chemical Romance. It's like, oh, that was my MCR phase or, oh, that was when I was going to Warp Tour every year. And 
uh, more power to you. I love looking at those old pictures on Instagram. I They're think lovely. it's a fantastic use of my time. <laughs> but, I mean, even the singer of My Chemical Romance, Gerard Way, he noted in a Reddit AMA a few years ago that he had always loosely associated himself with the female gender, even if he wasn't uh, necessarily going by those pronouns or even going by gender-neutral pro- pronouns, that he had always been a little inspired by that side of things, which I think is very similar to a David Bowie type. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we've come a long way in terms of... Uh, gender fluidity in the in the past 15 years since the black parade came out and uh, i don't entirely think it's a coincidence because we like as someone very involved in the alternative scene and in emo music now like there's not a ton of money in the scene no major labels are really paying attention to these bands there's not a lot of visibility for them but My Chemical Romance was one of those bands on MTV constantly. Mm-hmm. Their videos were always being played. They had radio play on not just your public radio sort of art house stations, but on major commercial stations. They, they were a big deal and millions of people were hearing them every day. And I think that's uh, a great thing. I, I really don't think it's a coincidence that uh, they presented themselves in a certain light and now uh, we've made the strides that we have. No, for sure. And no, yeah, like I said, like they, um, I don't know, they were just, uh, now that I think about it, they were a very important part of my queer journey because it was, I watching these guys just freely put on makeup and not care about like the, the norms that were set for them and stuff. Um, and they just like didn't give a fuck. And that was what appealed to me was, you know, they just didn't care what people thought about them. And I was like, Oh, I want to be like that. I want to, you know, it's a very, it's a very interesting journey because it's an aesthetic that I've never necessarily meshed with. Not that I've clashed with it and gone, you know, don't wear makeup because I don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's never something that I've related to. Like I love the band, the cure. Mm -hmm. I, I think The Cure writes almost perfect pop songs with all of their hits, but I will always have a degree of separation and a little bit of distance with The Cure because much like My Chemical Romance, they fall into a more gothic side of things Mm -hmm. that I've never had an interest in. I've never totally understood, even (laughs) in the hallowed halls that are hot topic. (laughs) I think there's, I mean, now, well, now they've gone full bore into anime which is unfortunate, <laughs> but there, I think there's kind of two ways you can go about it of there's uh, a more mall punk side and then a, like a, a goth side. And mm-hmm. as someone that uh, it loves all things punk rock, I've always gravitated towards that a little bit more and less pageantry and more kind of in your face. Uh, this is reality and we're all living in it. Mm-hmm. Whereas my chemical romance uh, played things up and almost created their own alternate universe. And in the case of the Black Parade, really created their own world. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a great thing to see. So let's get into the album. Yeah. This album came out sure. in October of 2006, 13 mm-hmm. songs, just around 15, or I'm sorry, 50 minutes. And we start with a song called The End. Let's hear mm-hmm. a little bit of that now. Now come on, come all to this tragic affair. Wipe off that makeup, what's in is despair. So throw on the black dress, mix in with the lot. You might wake up and notice you're someone you're not. If you look in the mirror and don't like what you see, you can find out firsthand what 
So the end, we hear what is described by the band as a bit of a rock opera sound, and that's normally a term that I have no interest in. Mm-hmm. I actively uh, don't associate with anything <laughs> called a rock opera, but I, I like this song. I think it, it reminds me of a Queen song, which is not necessarily a compliment coming from me, but I respect <laughs> the artistry of what MCR was able to do here. How do you think about this opening track, The End? I love this song. I think this is such a good beginning. I like that they begin with the end because this whole album is about death yes. obviously you know a lot of a lot of death talk <laughs> yeah and i mean like that was so important to me because i uh i feel like i was surrounded by a lot of people that were dying at the time in my family so this was like here being able to openly talk about death and openly listen to people sing about death was very important and i think that yeah, just like the end was just a certain, it was, give me a moment. And the end is just, uh, I just, it's just, a, it's so beautiful that yeah. they start with the end because it's like the journey to this person's downfall, downfall, like their death, like yes. after they died. Well, and, like, yes, and luckily for <laughs> you, no, it, yes. Yeah, well, you can cut that part out entirely. Well, no, no, it does no, not no. really. It is, it is staying in. <laughs> well said. I'm you, getting too into it. it you, like no. Once I get into the mindset of my chemical romance, As it's you, over. Good. Lock into that zone <laughs> because we've got another 12 songs to discuss. Fuck it. yeah. And luckily for you, mm-hmm. we're going to stay on the topic of death because song number two is called Dead. it bleeds right into it too that's also what i like about the end um let me just say <laughs> let me just go off on one little tangent um go off king yeah thank you i just love how the end bleeds into dead i think it's beautiful and it's a great transition i completely agree <laughs> so dead is is uh, mind-blowing because again i had not heard a my chemical romance song until maybe three months ago and so, and the um, only one that i knew was welcome to the black parade the wow. song which we'll hear in just a little bit so hearing Dead a week ago, because I had not uh, dove into this album until I reached out to you to talk about it, I was stunned that this was the sound they were able to create. I had no idea they were capable of doing something like this, and I immediately fell in love with the song. It's my favorite song on the album. Very understandable. Yeah, your, Very... thoughts, on, your thoughts on Dead. Um, Dead is such a good song. I... Yeah, I always forget about it, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this is so good. It's I feel like th- they really went out with this one. I'm surprised that this that Dead isn't as popular as it yeah, is. Yeah, it, it wasn't a single, mm-hmm. um, but it really it throws at you all of the themes that are going to be discussed later mm-hmm. on in this record. We talk, obviously, about Death. The song's called Dead. Uh, right. There's a maternal relationship that's discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 
looming war or in the case of, you know, fall of 2006, the the fact that we are at war and it's going poorly. And that's a, a topic that was discussed in this record, as well as the uh, the producer of this record also produced Green Day's American Idiot, which is oh. all about, you know, the Iraq war and the failures of it. Mm-hmm. So there is imminent danger. There's a, a looming dread throughout this album. And I think mm-hmm. dead more so than any other song really captures that. It's I, I, I did not know that MCR was capable of something like this. And I was just blown away mm-hmm. the first time I heard it. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like it's kind of, uh, this, the sound of dead was unlike anything that they've, they had done before, I feel like. Um, and like you said, it was a great kind of like introduction to the album. Um, and also an introduction to their next album, danger days, which is kind of, I feel like more of that sound. It was like more poppy, more upbeat, more, uh, kind of like out of like their realm Uh which is really cool for sure for sure so from there we move on to track three Mm -hmm. this is how i disappear this is off my chemical romances the black parade This is How I Disappeared, track three. Another song, that first time hearing it, uh, the back of my head almost blew off. I, <laughs> I, This is such a, an incredible back-to-back. Everything about this song is catchy. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's something I've had on repeat since I heard it for the first time. Aaron, your thoughts on This is How I Disappear? I, whew, I love this song. I'm going to say this probably with almost every track, but... Uh, it's just such it has such a unique sound to it and it's very it's just very intense but kind of in a good way and well, it, it's very much in the in the vein of a lot of things I listen to this mm-hmm. is very much in my ballpark mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't necessarily expect that going and I don't know what I was expecting from my chemical romance but I was just shocked that it was a band that I had somehow missed mm-hmm. but they at least with the opening songs on this record, very much something I could get on board with. Mm-hmm. Well, it rains and it pours when you're out on your own. If I crash on the couch, can I sleep in my clothes? Cause I spent the night dancing, I'm drunk, I suppose. If it looks like I'm laughing, I'm really just asking to leave. This alone, you're in time for the show. You're the one that I need, I'm the one that you loathe. You can watch me corrode like a beast in repose. Cause I love all the poison away. Remember, and you can take out the pain away from me. You can sit up and surrender. The 
good, so good. The Sharpest Lives is track four. Aaron <laughs> was losing his mind <laughs> as we were playing the song. So I've got a complicated relationship with the song. Yeah. Uh, just stick with me. I'm, I'm with you, yeah. I hate the first 15 seconds of the song. I completely agree. Any sort of whispering into the microphone <laughs> or, and this is something that I had to battle with a few of the songs on this album is, and I, I don't entirely know how to describe it, but there's a branch of rock music that I think was especially prevalent at this time in the mid two thousands where singers were very into talking about how sick and twisted they were mm-hmm. or about their demons that sometimes were metaphorical and sometimes they <laughs> seem to paint as literal. I It's something I don't mesh with at all. Mm-hmm. And this song definitely starts out in, in that sort of track. And I was very annoyed by it at the start, <laughs> but then the song hits the chorus mm-hmm. and Oh my God. Yeah. A, a, a good song, a song that if I'm going to continue nitpicking, I'm not into vampires. Where do you stand <laughs> on uh, vampire culture, we'll say? Oh, uh, I was never a fan of it. I I love laughing at it, I think. Well, no, I... <laughs> no, I... So, your vampire phase, because no. it seems like you're holding off. Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> I did not have a vampire phase because my mom never let me... <laughs> Uh, and read. So. <laughs> she never let me read any of the Twilight books, and I feel like I could have been a vampire kid, but I just wasn't, and I had to settle for being an MCR kid. I think you came out. Enough. You came out on the right side of history. There, <laughs> this is the third episode in a row where I'll quote uh, the singer Pat the Bunny, where he says, "Vampires are for posers in junior high," <laughs> which is something that just strikes such a chord with me. Yeah, and so. Although I recognize that there are elements of this song that I really like because I the mm-hmm. the sonic nature of the chorus is is really phenomenal, mm-hmm. but this is the first time where the lyrics and not the message, but the lyrics of this album start to lose me a little bit because mm-hmm. I find it a little cheesy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, th- I think this is MCR's downfall, and I feel like that's maybe the reason why they're not as popular as bands like Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy. Um, because they do that a lot. And like the beginning of the song is usually a little like, oh, this is a little um, cringy, (laughs) a little bit dramatic, a little bit, you know, but then like, yeah, like you said, once you get more into the song, it's, it's a lot better. Um, But no, I completely agree with you. The beginning, like if I were to show someone this, I wouldn't show them the sharpest lives first, or I would just skip that first 15 (laughs) seconds Not here, (laughs) because I feel like, yeah, like the thing, like I was talking about earlier is that like their art too. I feel like they always liked to tell stories or like maybe make up characters within a song. That is uh, something that takes place through this entire album. Mm -hmm. And it, and it really kicks off with this next song. Yeah. Welcome to the black parade. Mm -hmm. We are introduced to the patient, which is uh, a character that kind of, it is referenced to throughout most of the songs on this album, something that I come and go on, but something that we'll at least mention when it feels relevant. But let's, this is, uh, this is the song. This, this is, is the song. what made MCR, MCR. Uh, a household name. This is welcome to the black <laughs> yeah. parade. Mm-hmm. When I was 
a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. He said, son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten and the damned? So there's this great build into mm-hmm. Welcome to the Black Parade. And then, again, to reference the rock opera sound of it, it builds and builds and builds, and then it shifts, and we get what I consider to be a more traditional MCR sound, or at least what I would associate with them and the bands in this era. So let's hear kind of how the song progresses. Mm-hmm. Sam says I get the feeling She's watching over me And other times I feel like I should go So this is the song that I heard a few months ago that I looked around the room of people and I was like, guys, why, why did no one tell me this was so good? Because this is a really good song. Yeah, I I have to agree. Sometimes I I do get, I, I kind of think like, oh, it's overplayed. You know, why is this their most famous song? But then I listen to it again and I'm like, oh, you know, I, I, I get it. I understand. That's something I battle a lot because... Aaron is someone who has spent a lot of time around me. We had our first college class together. We've known each other since day one of our college careers. Aaron knows that I'm not necessarily like the fedora tipping, like devil's advocate asshole that is often mentioned, but I do have a tendency to disagree with people. You and, don't say. And it's I just, would have never guessed. It's, it's not intentional. <laughs> That's the unfortunate part. I can't control it. But that is something I, I that I think is very common in music, and especially when we're talking about the subcultures of punk and emo, of bands that either sell out or, you know, in the case of a band like Jawbreaker, who were this great 90s uh, band that I believe might have been in, uh, influential to My Chemical Romances, they had this great underground following, and then they signed with a major label, and fans would literally go to their shows to turn their backs on Jawbreaker. They didn't, they sold wow. out, and they, they didn't want any part of them, or it's that deal of, you know, Nirvana fans, you know, why it smells like Teen Spirit, the song that everybody knows, you know, that's not even their best song. But I think that you made a very good point of sometimes you listen to a band's biggest hit mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, no, of course. This right. is, it's so good. This is why people love it because a song like this yeah. or a song like Smells Like Teen Spirit, yes, it can be overplayed. Mm-hmm. Yes, it can be used as a punchline when maybe it's not fair. But when you really sit down and appreciate all of the things that are going on in a song like this, it's it's hard to beat. Yeah, I agree. And I, yeah, everything from the piano in the beginning, and it's, this is, I feel like this song kind of encapsulates everything that MCR tries to do, which is, like I said, they tell a story within the song. So, you know, it has like the beginning and it has, it, it just flows like really nicely into each other, all the different parts of the song. Um, I think also this song really showcases uh, Gerard's vocals because he actually does have a really great voice. Oh, for sure. And a lot of times he screams. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this was 
this was a really great like showcase of his voice and it's like something uh prior to the black parade uh he had not shown before so it was very uh interesting very unique to them So we follow up Welcome to the Black Parade with I Don't Love You, which was one of these singles on the record, and uh, I can see why. Yeah. Not a song that I particularly love, mm-hmm. but one of those songs that I can respect very much when you look at it from radio play, and it's accessible, it's a, it's a slower song, bit of a ballad. Mm-hmm. Again, not my favorite, but Aaron, your thoughts on it? Yeah, I... I, I agree with that. I really like this song, though. I think it's a really beautiful song. Um, it like has that kind of slow, romantic song while also being an MCR song. Well, I think more so than anything, the song structure of this song gives MCR some sort of legitimacy mm-hmm. of they're not just kids that play everything loud and fast, right. which... I think is ridiculous because I am mm-hmm. all for playing things louder and faster. I think most bands would be better if they followed that rule of thumb. Of <laughs> yeah. It's not loud enough and it's probably not fast enough, mm-hmm. but this is uh, in the greater landscape for people that claim to have taste. I think this is much more accessible to them than a mm-hmm. song like dead or even the latter half of Welcome to the Black Parade. I, I mm-hmm. understand why this was a single, even if, to me, it's on the, the lower half of songs I enjoy on this record. Yeah. It's a good break from the rest of the album, I think, uh, and also from the rest of their discography. Um, is, is, is that is the there, right word? No, <laughs> first of all. I don't know shit about music. That is the right word. Okay, Congratulations. And thank you. pronounced perfectly oh thank you so much is this an so this is an outlier in their sound they really don't have anything else like this yeah because like uh three cheers for for sweet revenge and their first album which i can never remember the name of uh Um, i i will uh, bring you my bullets you'll bring me your love yes uh i'm a real fan yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) maybe i should be interviewing you um (laughs) uh but no it was a very it's a very different uh very different from what they usually did. And also, like I said, like with Dead, it was a really good introduction kind of for their next album, um, which was more lighthearted and less violent. Uh, and Well, yeah. things things only get worse for here. Yeah, for <laughs> but now... Yeah. Uh, things are going uh, very poorly for this aforementioned patient. This next song is House of Wolves, and this is all about uh, the patient's journey to hell. Hey, hallelujah. 
House of Wolves is Ooh. in the same vein as, as almost a dead mm-hmm. sonically. I think it it fits that style of song, something upbeat, a little more aggressive. I can sink my teeth into this very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's also a song that I thought sounded a lot like Kiss's Detroit Rock City. I don't know how, if you have any takes on that. I have never listened to that song. That's fine, because you're <laughs> so not sorry. missing much. Because here's oh, okay. the thing. Oh. <laughs> no, Kiss is awful. And I... I work very closely with someone whose favorite band is Kiss mm. and I make fun of them for it constantly Fantastic. because Kiss everything from and that is a case where I do have an issue with men wearing makeup not because they're <laughs> men wearing makeup because they're but because their makeup is stupid mm. I don't like their songs yeah and I don't like the people under the makeup either go off just <laughs> I'm gonna speak my truth for yeah, a second yeah do it it's they suck mm-hmm. this song does not however <laughs> and I hope you agree yeah this song is so sexy every time I listen to it I just I'm like oh it's so good like the beginning I, I love the beginning like with the drums very Ooh. groovy I very groovy very it's very like maybe I would be okay with going to hell you know like it's okay I, I'll hear it out I, like if the Christians if the Catholics are right and all gays go to hell I think I'll be okay if this song is there you know jury's still out we'll have to find out I sexy was not a word that came to mind initially but now that you say it you you have a point <laughs> Yeah, you have a valid point. Yeah, it's the beginning that gets me, and like he's just like, uh, there's a certain swagger to this song yeah, that's kind of yeah. undeniable. And, and again, and there's not, a certain tone to his voice yeah. too that's just like different from the it other really songs. Works. Yeah, it's like more confident, more, uh, yeah, it just it's bold. Yeah, more bold for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. A song. Maybe not as sexy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. The song follows. Mm-hmm. This is Cancer off of My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade. Turn away If you could get me a drink Of water Cause my lips are chapped and faded Call my Aunt Marie Help her gather all my things And my brothers still I will not kiss you Cause the hardest part of this Is leaving you So Cancer is uh, aptly titled a little bit of a downer. Mm-hmm. I think that's obvious. Not to make light of the song because it's one of those that I- I'm never going to turn this on necessarily out of context. I think if mm-hmm. I'm going to hear the song, I'm going to be listening to the album yeah. all the way through. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I don't listen to this song very often uh, because it, it is very sad and it reminds me of people that I've lost from cancer as well. So it's, very it's a very emotional song and it's a very yeah a very heavy song yeah it's and it, uh, like yeah, you go, said go yeah like it is one of those songs where like i have to be listening to the whole album to actually listen to it i, I think it makes sense within the context of the album but uh gerard way singer noted you know it's both literally and metaphorical you know mm-hmm. he's speaking about someone specifically but also there's uh this greater message that comes from the song but 
I, I can respect all of that, but again, it's not mm-hmm. something I really ever have the desire to listen to outside of it being, you know, on the latter half of the Black Parade. Exactly, exactly. Mama, we all go to hell. Mama, we all go to hell. I'm writing this letter and wishing you well. Mama, we all go to hell. Oh, well, now, Mama, we're all gonna die. Mama, we're all gonna die. Stop asking me questions. I'd hate to see you cry. Mama, we're all gonna die. When we I fucking love this song. <laughs> I do not. I and I completely get that. Here's speak, the thing. Speak your truth. Give me the pitch on Mama. I don't know why I like this song so much. I think it's because it's so theatrical, and uh, so let, let me ask you a follow up question right there. <laughs> and this is a general question mm-hmm. that I think, if you give me the answer I'm expecting, it will just gauge a, or it will make a lot of sense. But big picture. Your thoughts on musicals, good or bad? Oh, I, I love musicals. So, see, that's where we differ. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah. This, this is, so this is a very musical-esque song. I never thought about that before, but that does make sense. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I find the whole thing to be a little annoying. Mm. It's, I feel like I have to do like the jitterbug when I'm listening to the opening <laughs> half or something. Like, it's just so, yeah. it's so much, and I find it, uh, just to not be engaging or really all that interesting mm-hmm. uh, musically, lyrically, I think it's a rare miss mm-hmm. on this album. If I had to cut mm. one thing, this would be on the chopping block immediately. Really, really, yeah, I just wasn't wasn't a fan. Now, the message of the song uh, it's it's a narrative told from the perspective of a soldier at war. He knows his death is coming soon, so he attempts to mend a broken relationship with his mother while he can. So naturally, who comes in to play the mother in the bridge of the song? But Liza Minnelli. We will not be hearing that because I don't want the <laughs> listeners to hear that. It's just, to me, it's a miss on every level. Really? Yeah. I completely disagree. It's one of, it's, it is my favorite song off of the album. It's your favorite song on the album? It is my favorite al- song. Oh, Aaron. I, there's so many elements to it. It's so creepy. And I think like, um, <sighs> Well, I'm against is, I'm against spooky things. I get that. I get I, that. Goblins, ghouls, no interest. Yeah. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was just something I had never heard of before, especially from them. I feel like I said that with every song, but it's fine. Well, um, no, because it's <laughs> it's a very I, my limited knowledge of what came before this, and mm-hmm. my even more limited knowledge of what came after this. Mm-hmm. This album uh, stands on its own. It's yeah. very different from at least my understanding of the two records before this and then the you know, the two that followed mm-hmm. so i completely understand what you're saying there yeah it's just a song that uh is not for me mm-hmm. i get that i respect that i just yeah I, it's everything about it like i think the vocals are really strong uh because he like does different kind of voices that are really interesting for sure it's a very interesting song and i think it like intrigues me which is why i like it so much because it's very like i said creepy it's very oh, weird Don't you breathe on me Undeserving of your sympathy Cause there ain't no way that I'm sorry For what I did Put it through it all 
So Sleep is track 10 off of the Black Parade. And this is a song that was written in the midst of their recording process. They were living in a house in Los Angeles, or in the Los Angeles area, I should say, as they were recording the album. And they were basically living in a haunted house. They were uh, in a very, uh, something I would not be interested in, a very spooky environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, They felt the spirits in the place. I'm sure ghost talk was had at some point. Something I'm not interested in, but a lot of the Mm. lyrics in this song were inspired by that idea that they were living in a haunted, sort of demented structure at this point. Interesting. I've actually never heard of that before. I am bringing something new to the table. Yeah, just (laughs) killing it. Um, I I remember an interview a few years back... um, and Gerard was talking about how he had sleep terrors, and yes. that was also what inspired the song. Exactly. Um, I I don't listen to this one a lot either, and I don't know why. Because when I do listen to it, I do like it. I think it's a really good song. It's just not one of the standouts for me. I yeah. Think. Well, for sure. Yeah. Luckily, at least for me, because we we went through a, a three song stretch there where I was not feeling it, and I was mm-hmm. starting to turn against this album a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I heard teenagers Mm. and we're going to hear a little bit of that now they're gonna clean up your looks with all the lies in the books to make a citizen out of you because they sleep with a gun and keep an eye on you son so they can watch all the things you do because the drugs never work they're gonna give you a smirk because they got methods of keeping you they're gonna rip up your heads, your aspirations to shreds. Another cock in the murder machine. They said I'm teenagers scared the living shit out of me. They can kill us as long as I want to bleed. So talk in your clothes, I'll talk a violent post. I love teenagers so much. I have to completely agree. I'm actually surprised that this song wasn't as popular as the Black Parade. Welcome to the Black Parade. Um, I know it was like kind it, of it popular. Was a, it was a single. It was the fourth mm-hmm. of, of their four singles from this record. It, mm-hmm. ha- it has a music video and everything. Yeah. It, I just, there's something so straightforward and simple about this. And when I think about the landscape of high school in America, I just feel like there's so many subgroups that could latch onto a song like this because, mm-hmm. you know, your your latchkey kids and your loners, they can listen to this and they can want to fight the biggest guy in school. <laughs> uh, the theater kids can do an interpretive dance to the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has enough of an edge to it that I, th- I think it's so accessible I, mm-hmm. I when I if you want to compare things to high school, which this album was targeted to, mm-hmm. it just hits all of these different points, and it's so catchy and so much fun to listen to. Yeah, I think it holds up now too, because like as adults, we're like, what the fuck are teenagers like? They're scary, you know. So now, like Terrifying. as an adult listening to it, it's still just as good, but it has a different feeling to it, and it's just really. It's a really cool song. It, it's, like it. it has almost a timeless sound to it where mm-hmm. music, at least pop music, can continue to get more electronic and we can continue to spiral into a genreless world, which 
I'm still not convinced is necessarily a good thing for music, but just the simple guitars and the drums and for at least most people, I think somewhat of a relatable message. I think songs like this are going to withstand the test of time. And I, I think very highly of it. And uh, from there, there's two songs left and we go to Disenchanted. This is track 12 off of the Black Parade. Well, I was there on the day that sold the cards for the queen. And when the lights all went out, we watched our lives on the screen. I hate the ending myself, but it started with an alright scene. It was the roar of the crowd that gave me heartache to sing. It was a lie when they smiled and said you won't feel a thing. And as we ran from the cops, we laughed so hard it was sting. Disenchanted is track 12, a much more somber approach than mm. most of the other songs on this record. An acoustic song. I think it's fine. You think it's fine? I think it's fine. I really like this song. I I take back my comments for I Don't Love You, and I think I'm going to apply them to this song. I feel like I Love You was like a good introduction or a good like uh, pre-disenchanted because uh, it's just, oh, it's. I think it's just so pretty and it's so sad. It's, it's pretty. In all the right ways. That, that I will give you, that there is... Uh, from the the tone of the guitar, from the vocal tone, there is something that is pretty, and even if there's looming existential dread in the sense of the patient, which is this character that is is kind of how the album was created, and this song's all about the patient is is preparing for death. With that in mind, mm-hmm. there's something kind of pretty about this, but I don't, for me at least, I don't necessarily find it engaging mm. or all that enthralling. I think it exists. It's a song that, if I had to rework the album, I would keep it, but I don't... No, I, nothing about it necessarily jumps out at me. Oh, interesting. To me, it, it seems like a, a Romeo and Juliet like love song, you know? And I, I, I don't know, it just kind of it, it ignites something inside of me. Like, it's just so pretty, and it's so... It reminds me of people that I've... Uh, loved before whether romantically or not romantically and it's just I think it's a really good depiction of um kind of feeling maybe nostalgic or kind of sad that like your time is up and you're um maybe you could apply it to like friendships maybe you're not friends with someone anymore you're not in that relationship anymore and I think it's really it's a really beautiful song yeah that, no, just, I, I, I that think, does it for me <laughs> well, Aaron I think that was a beautiful monologue and <laughs> thank you so much I kind of lost what I was going for it you, in the middle of it but you, it's fine you landed the plane thank you everybody thank you. got home safe okay good everything's good, good, good. good fantastic some could say and I and I knock on wood that this is not the end of everything <laughs> but those might end up being your famous last words oh. like track 13 the final song oh, on the black parade that I can make you stay but where's your heart but where's your heart but where's your now there's nothing I can say to 
There is nothing to me that encapsulates the spirit of My Chemical Romance more than the lyrics in this song. Specifically, mm. I am not afraid to keep on living. Yeah. Which, and I I can say this as someone that has a greater uh, perspective on emo, not compared to you, but expanding past My Chemical Romance mm-hmm. of, of the genre and what is thought of it and maybe some of the stigmas that occur with it. And a lot of it is it's uh, death encouraging and, and too somber and too sad for their own good and this and that. But I don't know. I always take lyrics like that. And I think that is what will continue to make songs like this so appealing to young people which is not a bad thing i think more things should be targeted towards young people because especially with all of the technology we have now they are they are such smart consumers and and they can smell bullshit from a mile away mm-hmm. and a message like this is going to inspire bands to make music like this it's going to inspire artists to create art like this and more importantly it's going to encourage people to live a life worth living, which is mm-hmm. uh, all I can ask from most people. That's really all I want is to make my time on this earth worthwhile. And if this is a song that I had in my library 10 years ago, uh, that is a line that would have immediately struck a chord with me. Yeah, I completely agree. I The thing about My Chemical Romance is that Uh, You know, underneath a lot of the (laughs) violence and maybe sometimes weird lyrics, there are certain, you get certain moments like that. And that's, I think, what is the big appeal, especially to kids that are, you know, mentally ill or, you know, like depressed and stuff like that. Like hearing like a line like that from people that you look up to really means a lot. And it, makes it makes a difference you know and I know it seems silly because it's my chemical romance but they do have really fantastic lyrics that really resonate with you if you're like especially if you're a kid that you know is like what the fuck is life like what the fuck is death what the fuck is anything you know and having everything right and like having these people say like it's gonna be okay like it's gonna be fine like it's gonna suck (laughs) at some points but like ultimately everything will be turn out okay and that's what appealed that's what appealed me to them because they were so out about you know like their mental illness and their uh how they deal with mental illness and how they deal with life and death and stuff and it was very inspiring to me and um, yeah. I, th- I think that's great. Yeah. I and I and you are not alone in that sentiment because there's a reason we're talking about the band and the album 14 years after it came out. It's mm-hmm. I think it's something that 14 years from now there are going to be people that are going to pick this up definitely or 
download it if we're being realistic yeah. or stream it or whatever awful thing is is going to happen 14 <laughs> years from now that none of us are prepared for mm-hmm. it's something that is going to be uh continuously played i think from here on out and, and i think that's great so that brings us to the end of the black parade actually um Oh, you want to discuss the bonus track. I would love to discuss the bonus track. It starts at a minute 30. It's called Blood. Yeah, let's discuss the bonus <laughs> Have track, Have you listened Aaron. to it? Yeah, you're calling the shots now. Okay. We'll discuss the bonus okay. track. Encourage your complete cooperation. Send your roses when they think you need to smile. I can't control myself because I don't know how. And they love me for it, honestly, I'll be here for so Aaron thought that was worth discussing. Um, Aaron, your thoughts on blood. I love this song. It's so fun. It's just, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it it's was just really beautiful. great. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm really, I think I'm it's really a, glad we did that. I'm, I think it's a really beautiful, really, uh, exquisite song, if you will. Uh, just a little, it's a good for a little pick me up sometimes, you know, sometimes I would have this album on and it would scare the shit out of me because I thought that the album was over. And then of course it like came on a minute and 30 seconds later. Um, but no, I just think it's fun. And I think it's kind of like <laughs> goofy or whatever. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I like that song a lot. Well, it's really I, fun. there's something out there for everybody, I guess. <laughs> so now after all of that deliberation, we are finally at the end of the black parade. Yeah. We did it. We did it. Woo! This is an album, like I mentioned, uh, it had a ton of commercial success, but with it also brought a fair bit of critical success. Uh, mm. Rolling Stone gave it four out of five. Same with Spin Magazine. The NME mm. gave it a nine out of ten. There's a passage in the Rolling Stone review, which was published uh, the day the album came out, so October of 2006, uh, by David Frick, who I think is one of the more intriguing music journalists around, and I'll read this quote from the review, because although it was written in the fall of 2006, I find it very relevant to the winter of 2020, in which he says, teenagers are the ones who should be scared shitless. They are about to inherit a hell on this earth that is more terrifying day by day than anything way imagined here. In fact, the most realistic and contemporary thing about this album's supercharged 70s Armageddon is his bitter, almost jealousy-guarded helplessness in nearly every song. And it's unfortunate that uh, those words still ring true today, but I think it goes to my point of this album is not going anywhere anytime soon, Mm. and the fact that they are now going on a reunion tour, and I would assume there's more new music coming at some point in time, I think they're only going to pick up a new generation of fans mm-hmm. that are going to hear lyrics like this and and be exposed to concepts like this. I It's weird to say, but I think My Chemical Romance is going to live on for a very, very long time. Yeah, I... I have to agree with you there. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like... Well, let, let me let me spring this on you because this yeah. is not something that uh, I was. Well, it's something that I ask everybody, but I, I don't believe I told you before we started recording. But I just mentioned Rolling Stone gave it four out of five, Spin four out of five, Enemy mm-hmm. nine out of ten. Here we like to rank the albums uh, out of ten. Mm-hmm. Ten obviously being a perfect album. Yeah. If you had to give this album a score, and just on what on what you think, just mm-hmm. in your heart, there's got to be a number that comes to mind. That's the number we want to hear, and then you know explain why. 
Um, you know what? I'm going to give it a solid eight. Um, I like if I were listening to it for the first time now, I would probably give it like a seven, uh, maybe six or something. Not because it's bad. It's just not the kind of music that I listen to anymore. Um, but I eight because it's very nostalgic for me and it reminds me of times that I got through and I am very appreciative of that. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's a really, I think it's a really well-made album. Like all in all, I like putting away all the cringiness that's associated with my chemical romance. Um, I think that they make really unique music and they make really, uh, like bold and weird stuff that, you know, kind of captures, uh, a unique audience. There are songs on this record that are undeniably great. Mm-hmm. That it's, it, I was very impressed with everything that uh, I heard on this album, with the exception of a song or two. And I, I'm probably a, I'm, I'm somewhere at a seven, seven and a half, which is mm-hmm. no insult. I, was, I really came away with a few songs that I will continue to listen to for sure on a on a regular basis because mm-hmm. I really enjoyed them and was so impressed with the different sounds that they were able to accomplish mm-hmm. and you know any sort of concept album with this you know dramatic pageantry is something that I'm typically not into because again I like dealing a little bit more closer to reality mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's something that was uh, unfamiliar uh, to me going into this record but I came away really impressed with the sound that my chemical romance was able to create here mm-hmm. so now i must ask who needs to hear this album and why someone who is in a predicament of maybe control or uh routine um or anyone who just kind of feels trapped in their own world this is a really great album to kind of get your aggression out on whatever is happening in your life or, um, or to anyone who's maybe struggling with the idea of death. And I think that's a really thinking of like that journey and that just subject in general. Um, it's not an easy one to approach. It's not. No, and I, and I, I think this album makes it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. It makes it kind of. It makes death seem very beautiful and like okay, and like it's scary and it's weird and it's kind of you know creeps you out. But ultimately, like it's going to be okay and it's going to be fine. And you know, you have people that are with you along the way. So. I think that's very well said. Yeah. One last thing, Aaron. Do you have anything to plug? Um, I am in the cast of Freak Out this semester, which is a Columbia College Chicago <laughs> sketch show. Mm-hmm. It's like an SNL format sort of yes, thing. fun. That yeah. will be on. Is that the live one or the taped one this semester? Uh, the live one. Okay, yeah. well, if you're living in the South Loop of Chicago, <laughs> be sure in to April check that out. Yeah. some point. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the exact date. If you're in the neighborhood, <laughs> stop on by. They'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. That is great. Well, Aaron, thank you so much. Thank this, you so much. This was a blast. Thank you. I had a blast as well. I, I learned a lot about MCR over the past week, 
And I'm so sorry. No, no, it was <laughs> it was quite honestly. See, they're very interesting. Th- this is my crusade in life, and mm-hmm. I could be more politically active. I could be more socially or environmentally conscious. <laughs> But what I really want is to destigmatize the emo genre. I want people to not apologize for enjoying bands like this. And that is the cross I bear. That is what it has come to. You know, Case, thank you so much for your service. You're really uh, just what emos needed everywhere. Is a little bit of Case. Just a little, <laughs> a little bit, of bit of Case. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining me. You can follow this podcast at Art School Albums on Instagram. You can follow me on the same platform at underscore Caselo, C-A-S-E-L-O-W-E. Please rate, like, subscribe this podcast. Rate? Oh, you do that. You can do that. Oh, that makes me think of like old time YouTube, you know, when you like rated videos. It's a similar concept. Oh, okay. And of course... (laughs) You can also listen to this podcast on Spotify now. So if you made it to the end of this podcast mm. and you weren't listening to it on Spotify, <laughs> you can now listen to it on Spotify. It took us nine episodes. Now you tell them. Yes. They're like, fuck. <laughs> it took us nine episodes to get the podcast up on Spotify, but it is there now for your viewing pleasure. Until next time, I thank you for listening. This has been Art School Albums discussing My Chemical Romances, woo, woo, woo. The Black Parade. Machine, they say love.